This is not a Christian podcast. This is a kingdom podcast. I am born again by the Spirit of God. I have seen the Father through Jesus Christ, and I am being transformed into His image, and so can you. Let's go on a journey to enter and to expand violently the kingdom that Jesus preached. See you there. Hey church, I've got good news for you. It's the gospel of the kingdom and it's really simple because Jesus said that it is good news. And today the message that God has for you and for me is that deliverance, it's an announcement, deliverance has come, exclamation mark, deliverance has come to the church. But what I'm hearing the Spirit say very quietly in his uh, beautiful, gentle, still, small voice, is that <clears throat> it's not, deliverance is all, not always what it seems. Deliverance is not always what it seems. So let me just quickly cover a few examples for you from the Bible First of all, in Matthew chapter 16, Peter, when Jesus was describing that he must get handed over to the elders, to the chief priests and to the teachers of the law to be killed, and on the third day raised from the dead, Peter took Jesus aside privately and began to rebuke him, saying, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. So Peter got it wrong. He had the wrong perspective And Jesus, as you know, had to rebuke him for that. And we as Christians can have the wrong perspective. What I'm saying to you is deliverance has come, but it may not look like what you think it is. For example, I preached yesterday on this podcast that that often we have to live with perpetual disappointment, perpetual discouragement, perpetual and ongoing disappointment. delays and disappointments. Now, this does not in any way contradict the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus Christ promised us abundant life. Yes, he had promised us life to the full, but he also promised us persecution. And often the battle is inside of your own mind. The battle is you're disappointed with God for not meeting your expectations according to your timeline, whereas he is often there on the side saying, I'm waiting for you, waiting for you to get back on track. And so let me just show you some other examples where we as the church can have a wrong perspective. We need to repent. You say, I'm rich, I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. Revelation 3.17, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Here is Jesus Christ himself gently rebuking the church who have a wrong perspective. They think that they're rich, but they're poor. They think that they're able to see, but they're blind. They think that they're clothed, but they are naked. So it is possible for an entire church to be off track. It's impossible. It's possible for an entire generation to be off track. Okay, so here's another example. And Luke chapter 17, verse 20, once again being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. You see, the Pharisees and the disciples had the perspective that the kingdom would come in power, that the kingdom would come, you know, with military force. 
and there's speculation as to whether Judas was, you know, part of a, um, you know, military uh, cult uh, before he became a Christian and followed Jesus, and that's part of the reason why he was, you know, you know, argumentatively, speculatively, hypothetically, um, you know, disappointed with Jesus because he was expecting Jesus to overthrow the Roman government. So the Pharisees are saying, when is the kingdom of God going to come? And Jesus said, the coming of the kingdom is not something that can be observed. Hello? (laughs) I think often we look for a church that's big, a church that's got thousands of people, and we're trying to observe the kingdom, the kingdom must be there because because the pastor has a perfect life. The kingdom must be there because, you know, his marriage looks great on the outside. The kingdom must be there because, you know, because they've got 5,000 seat auditorium. Well, Jesus said that the kingdom does not come with careful observation, nor will people say here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. The kingdom of God is already among you. And remember, Jesus said that that he came to bring not peace, but a sword. He said, your own family will be your enemies. So here's Paul, one of the greatest preachers of the kingdom, one of the greatest apostles, in prison, in chains. Barnabas and him had an argument and split up. Then he had to rebuke Peter to his face. Then he's alone for, you know, potentially 16 years, you know, learning from the Holy Spirit, or we don't really know. But he's in jail, he's in prison, he's shipwrecked, everyone forsake, forsaking him. But that is the kingdom. He had life unspeakable and full of glory, joy unspeakable and full of glory. He had the Holy Spirit. He praised God with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. He prayed in tongues more than everybody else. Because the kingdom is in your midst. And today... The message from the Father is that you have been delivered. It's not in the discrepancies. Your deliverance isn't going to come when there's an election. Your deliverance isn't going to come when you buy that house or sell that car or or marry or divorce or whatever it is that you're waiting for. Your deliverance, according to the Spirit, has already come. Finally, another man who had the wrong perspective in John 5, 7. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred while I am trying to get in. Someone else goes ahead of me. And this guy had another wrong perspective. He's looking for the water. He's looking at the circumstances. He's not looking at Jesus the King. Are you looking at the water? Are you looking at the circumstances and not at Jesus the King? Jesus in verse 8, chapter 5 of John, in the following verse says, Get up and walk. And the man is immediately healed. And this is the scripture that that for me ties it all together. Romans 8 verse 3, For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his son, his own son, in the likeness of sinful flesh, to become sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. What I'm saying to you today and to myself, is that deliverance has already come in the form of Jesus Christ, in the form of the kingdom of God, which is in your midst. And not to look at the discrepancies, not to look at the circumstances, not to look at your own life or the lives of people around you, society and politics, 
yes, you need to engage with other people. You have to engage with society. You have to engage with banks and politics and, and all of these things. But you are in the world, but you are not of the world. So there's a parallel track for you. There's a parallel track. The train tracks that are laid by the world, even the recommendations of your family, the media, your friends, popular culture, those are not the tracks that your deliverance is going to come on. Those are not the tracks that your provision is going to come from. There is a parallel track that you need to travel on. And it's on that track. It's in the spirit. It's as you're led by the spirit. It's You are like the wind. And no one knows where you're going. You know, God may tell you to buy a house. He may tell you to sell a house. He may tell you to buy gold. But it is going to be on his tracks. It's not going to be on the world's tracks. There's a train track that you can go on and it's called the world. It's called the way of the world. It's the flesh. It's it's working hard and taking and climbing the corporate ladder and you've got to buy a house and then you've got to get a second investment property. And there is wisdom to that, but it's the wisdom of the world. There's a higher plane of existence where Jesus pulled out the, the coin from the fish's mouth. Okay, where he walked on the water and rose the dead and healed the sick and where he multiplied food out of thin air. Okay, and and this is the track that God wants you to work walk on. It's manna in the wilderness. It's water out of the rock. I'm telling you, there's an excitement in the spirit, but you've got to forsake all and seek first the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, every word that Jesus preached was spirit. He said, my words are spirit, my words are life. And I think often we we taint the Bible with our own expectations. As I gave five or six or seven examples of places where the church, where Christians, Old and New Testament, pre and post-resurrection, pre and post-Pentecost, we get it wrong because our expectations are wrong. Our perspective is wrong. That's the apostasy. That's the falling away. That's the lukewarm church. That's the sheep and the goats. That's the love of many growing cold. That's the reason the, the letters were sent to the church by the head of the church. Remember, those letters are from the head of the church, Jesus Christ. The good news is that deliverance has come, but it may not be in the way that you expect it to be. Jesus Christ has paid for your sin. He has paid for your salvation. He's paid for your deliverance. He's paid for your forgiveness. He's paid for your resurrection. Your, he's paid for your provision. He's paid for reconciliation. For what man, for what you can't do, what your flesh was unable to do, what you are unable to do in your own strength. You can't solve this problem. You can't heal yourself. You can't get out of this situation. But God can because God did. What you were unable to do, God did. And it's only as you step into the Spirit, as you live at a higher realm. You decide, you know what? No, I'm not going to live, but I'm going to let Christ live within me. I'm not going to worry about this. Jesus said that the pagans worry. The pagans worry about what they're going to eat or drink. 
And if you're honest, how much time every day do you spend in worry? How much time every week do you spend in thinking about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to go, what's going to happen next? We need to repent. He wants us to take the hem of his garden and take off. He wants us to leave and 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 break the laws of gravity. He wants us to, to take off and to fly with the Spirit above our circumstances and pray in tongues and rejoice and, and worship Him. And you'll find that He will give you a strategy. He'll give you a glimpse. He'll give you a door. He may not show you everything, but He will show you the next step. So, Father, I thank you right now for deliverance. I thank you that you confirm my words with signs and wonders following God, that you would confirm my words to whoever's listening by, by causing deliverance to come, by causing manifestation to come. And I charge the angels that you've already assigned to them to, to put them back on track, to catch them up with the book that's already been written about them, that you would resolve the issues that they have internally, emotional issues resolved, mental issues resolved, physical issues, sicknesses are resolved. Healing comes in Jesus' name. Deliverance comes in Jesus' name. <sighs> Thank you, Father. Your angels are confirming your word. Your angels are going about and they are confirming your words in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. We praise you. We lift you up in this place. We lift you up in this place. Jesus, oh, oh <clears throat> lift up your heads, O oh, you gates, and let the King of glory come in. Let him come in. Let him come in as you lift up your hands. Let him come in as you close your eyes and lift up your head. Jesus, let him come into your workplace. Let him come into your family. Let him come into your poverty. Let him come into your sickness. Let him to come into your disease. Let him come into your delay. Let him come into your disappointment. Let him come into your politics. And let him come into your religion. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you, Lord. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. Thank you that there is a wind coming, a wind of the Spirit that is going to take us up. All you and I need to do is put out your wings, put out your wings of faith and allow the Holy Spirit to take you. He's going to take you over some hurdles today. It's going to happen. You know, whether you go over one or two or three hurdles or over a hundred, or maybe you just get taken up and you never come back like Enoch, you know, or like Smith Wigglesworth, you find you're just busy for the rest of your life because you're in the spirit, man. You're in the spirit. Don't you want to live there? Don't you want to live there? But you've got to let go. You've got to drop the anchor and the chain into the depths of the ocean and put up the wind of the spirit sails and let him take you wherever he wants to take you. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you've uh, enjoyed this podcast. Uh, please share it and like it and spam everyone in your folder, in your inbox, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Bye for now.